You're listening to the Earn That Body podcast, episode number 238. Welcome to the Earn That Body show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Show. This is Kim Eagle, and I hope that you're doing great. I hope you're having a fantastic summer. And today we're going to talk about how to stop boredom eating. <laughs> how many of us know what that is? I, I would find it hard to believe that everyone has not been there at some point, and some people definitely struggle with boredom eating more than others. Now, if you are by chance the one person who has no idea what I'm talking about right now, it's basically eating when you're not even hungry, you're just kind of bored, right? Maybe you're reading a magazine and you want to eat a bag of chips while you do that, or for most people it happens when they're watching television, and maybe that show is just not that satisfied and you'd like to be crunching on something at the same time. That is boredom eating. And the problem with it is that if you're trying to lose weight, for one, that boredom eating can definitely make things more difficult because you're probably taking in a ton of calories and you might not even realize how many because you're usually doing something else like watching TV while you put your hand in the bag and eat the entire bag of chips, right? So you're usually taking in a lot of extra calories. And then let's face it, with boredom eating, I have to say, it's not usually eating a salad. <laughs> you're not usually boredom eating with that salad bar salad that you got from Whole Foods. It's usually foods that are crunchy, come from a bag, super sweet, sweet and salty, things like that, that sort of fill that instant gratification flavor for you. And again, those are just not healthy. So. For the sake of weight loss, we've got to stop boredom eating as quickly as we can. For the sake of your health, we just want to stop it or definitely slow it down or keep it in moderation to make sure that you're not eating a bunch of processed foods that are unhealthy way too often and far too much. So we're going to talk about five things that can help you sort of on the food side, and then two emotional or mental things that you can work on, putting them all together to give you some tips and ways to stop boredom eating. All of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we are going to be talking about the perils of picnics. I saw this uh, article in Dr. Andrew Weil's website recently and thought it was a really good one because this time of year, summertime, people are outside, they're bringing their food on picnics, they're bringing their food to the beach, and sometimes when you do that, you might not realize how many foods can spoil and cause some kind of sickness, food poisoning, and whatnot. So one of Dr. Wiles' followers actually asked him and said, last July 4th, we had a picnic and several people got sick, apparently from spoiled food. Any suggestions for safe, healthy picnics? 
So I thought this was fantastic because again, so many of us are right now packing coolers, taking them to the park, taking them to the beach, taking them to the lake, and let's make sure we're doing all we can to be as safe and healthy as possible because let's face it, nobody likes to have food poisoning. That is just not a great feeling and there are so many things that we can keep in check to limit that from happening. Now, what Dr. Andrew Wild talks about, he says the combination of hot weather and lack of refrigeration can turn a holiday picnic into a miserable experience. According to eatright.org, which is a website of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, one in six Americans gets sick every single year from foodborne pathogens. And because bacteria multiply quickly when food is left unrefrigerated, you should keep all cooked food or food you plan to cook in an insulated cooler with enough ice to hold it at 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, he says be particularly careful of salads containing potatoes, eggs, pasta, meat, or even fish that are combined with mayonnaise. These foods are ideal media for the growth of bacteria that can make you very sick, which would include nausea, vomiting, cramps, diarrhea, fever, and even headache. Now, it's not the mayonnaise. The mayo itself isn't usually the problem. Commercially produced mayonnaise is made with pasteurized eggs and contains vinegar, lemon juice, both of those provide enough acidity to discourage bacterial growth. However, the potatoes, the pasta, the meat, the fish, those can reduce the acidity and encourage germs to proliferate in the mixture. Who knew, right? And of course, you can run into even more trouble if you do a homemade mayonnaise containing fresh eggs. And in any event, thoroughly chill all salad ingredients, including that mayonnaise, before you combine them. And keep the salads on ice or in the cooler at that 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, after serving, don't leave the salads on the picnic table or out there on the beach blanket, right? You wanna return them right to the cooler immediately. Now here are some other food safety tips. Carry your cooler in the air conditioned part of your car, not the trunk. And when you're at the picnic site, always put that cooler in the shade with the lid closed and you wanna replace that melted ice as much as you can. The next tip is to rinse fresh fruits and vegetables under running water at home before you even pack them in that cooler. And that's including those with skins and rinds that are not eating, or you're not, you don't eat the rinds or the skins, you still want to wash them. Now they say rub firm skinned fruits and vegetables under running tap water and scrub with a clean vegetable brush while rinsing with running tap water. Dry fruits and vegetables with a clean cloth or paper towel and packaged fruits and vegetables labeled ready to eat, washed or triple washed, need not be washed. Now, one caveat I'm going to add to that <laughs> in regard to the triple washed lettuce, okay? 
Anytime you buy things like that that say they're triple washed, well, according to this article, you don't have to wash those. But guess what? You don't have to wash those when you open that container for the first time. But if you open that container, take out half of it, say, use half of it, and now half of it is going back into the fridge. What do you think has happened at that point? At that point, you have opened the package, air has gotten in, bacteria could still form because the package has been opened and now it's sitting in your fridge. Now, likely you would be fine because the refrigerator is at a certain temperature, but you never know. And so I always recommend once it's been opened that first time, anytime you use the lettuce or greens after that, then I always wash them thoroughly. Now, one reason that I do this is because my poor sister had this issue once with one of those plastic packages of kale. It was triple washed and whatnot, and she probably used some and then put it back and then used it again and got the worst foodborne illness of her life. Like I was in the hospital with her. It was so bad that even when they gave her medication to take the pain away, it did not do a dent to her stomach cramps. So I'm really picky now about those kind of things. If it's been opened once, then that is already a source that bacteria can get in. Just make sure you wash it after that, even if it was triple washed originally. All right, that's sort of my side note on that. Now the next tip they give is thaw your meat before grilling it so that it cooks evenly. And then also cook meat to 160 degrees Fahrenheit until the center of that meat is no longer pink. Poultry you cook to 180 degrees and ground poultry you cook to 165 degrees and you should have a meat thermometer so that you can check those temperatures. It's so important that you cook it to that amount. Now the next tip would be to put your leftovers in the cooler soon after grilling or serving. Also don't eat any cooked food, including takeout that's left unrefrigerated for more than one hour. Don't put cooked meat on a plate that has held raw meat. Sounds like you should know that, right? But it happens. Sometimes you have that raw meat on a plate, you go to cook it and then the plate is sitting there and maybe you don't realize that was the raw meat plate and then you're taking the meat off the grill and you put it back onto that plate that is just full of bacteria and God knows what. So always, I always take the raw meat plate that I used immediately and put it in the dishwasher so that it's not even around me so I don't make that mistake. Then they also say that you need to wash your hands with hot soapy water before and after handling food and after using the bathroom, of course. And if running water is not available, bring hand sanitizer or even those wet wipes in order to keep your hands clean. Reportedly, nearly half of all foodborne illnesses could be eliminated if people would wash their hands more often when they are preparing the food. And the last tip they say, consider packing beverages in one cooler and perishable foods in another so that the perishables won't be exposed to warm outdoor air when people open that food 
container to grab a drink here, a drink there, and they keep constantly opening the cooler. And now before you know it, it is no longer 40 degrees. It is in the 50s to 60s potentially, right? So consider putting those beverages in one cooler and your perishables in another. All great tips so that you can enjoy your picnic or you can enjoy your food at the lake or you can enjoy your food at the beach without getting sick. All right, so hopefully some of those tips were good ones. I know for me, when I read through that, I was like, oh, that's a good one to remember. Oh, that's an interesting one. Like sometimes we just need to hear it or understand it to help us remember for the next time. Now let's talk about boredom eating. <laughs> As I said, most of us know it. It's pretty rare. We've all done it at some point. And for whatever reason, eating can be very soothing, right? Soothing for people, not just in an emotional way, like stress eating, because I'm not considering boredom eating right now to be the same as stress eating. That's definitely a different emotional eating. But boredom eating is sort of just exactly what it sounds like. You're bored, and so we wanna fill that space in our head by doing something and that usually is eating. Now, I personally feel that like when it happens to me, I'm doing something like watching TV, reading a magazine. I'm still doing something, but I'm sort of bored doing it. Like maybe you're watching a show, but you're not that into it. Or you're reading a magazine article, but you're just trying to relax and hang out, but you're not that into it. And so a little bit of chips and something salty or sweet or salty and sweet sound like, oh, that would just really make this even better experience, right? That, my friend, is boredom eating. And as I said, it can obviously impact weight loss and it can impact your health as well. So I wanna give you some tips today on how to make sure that you don't do boredom eating or rather some things you can do to make sure that it's less likely that you might lean that way. And again, just like listening to those picnic tips, Listening to these tips, sometimes that's all it takes to really trigger something in your mind the next time you go to boredom eat. The next time you go to do it, you might be like, oh, I totally remember that podcast from Earn That Body and I'm actually doing that right now. And just making that association and stopping yourself consciously to say, am I hungry or am I just boredom eating is all it takes to stop the bad habit. So let's get started right away with number one. How can you stop boredom eating? Well, the first thing that will really help you so much is to make sure that you are eating a healthy and balanced diet. Now, what does that necessarily mean to you? Well, the first thing you should think about is that you need to make sure you're getting in enough calories to simply sustain daily living and daily function, right? So some people don't realize that if they're not even eating enough for daily function, I'm talking about brushing your teeth, standing up and getting out of bed, sitting in a car, getting out of the car. Those are just what I call daily function routines, right? Just walking around in your daily life, not even your exercise, right? But the, ca the calories in your body that the body needs is a certain amount just to sustain daily living. And if you're not eating enough to even sustain that, you're more likely to be hungry throughout the day. 
And when you're hungry, that will often spark boredom eating pretty quickly. Now, the second part of healthy, balanced diet is not just getting in enough calories for daily function, but getting in enough calories to support your workouts. So if you are someone who works out, you not only have to eat the calories for daily function, but you have to eat some calories also to help you with what you're burning in your workouts. Even if you're trying to lose weight, and this is a really hard concept for people to get, but even if you're trying to lose weight, you have to eat a certain amount of calories. Otherwise, your body, I promise you, will not lose weight. Because what you're ultimately doing when you're not eating enough calories for daily function and you're not eating enough calories to support your workouts is you're telling your body, no, I'm not going to fuel you right now. And so your body, thank goodness, is smarter than you are. (laughs) And it's going to say, okay, if you're not going to feed me enough, then what I'm going to do to survive is slow down all of the functions in the body like metabolism. I'm going to slow your metabolism down so that everything works slower because I'm not going to get the fuel I need. Just like if you don't put gas in a car, it's not going to go. So now your body says, then I'm going to pull back and slow your metabolism down. And when that happens, that's when you find yourself in that place where you're not losing weight. No matter what you do, you're barely eating and you're not losing weight. You're working out all the time and you're not losing weight. That is because you're not eating enough calories to sustain daily living and to sustain your workouts. When you do both of those things and not get enough, you are more likely to want to eat when you're bored, okay? Because you're hungry. And your body is going to be like, oh, good time to eat, good time to eat, (laughs) right? So those things can definitely contribute. The next thing in that category of healthy and balanced diet is you want also to be eating a balance of your macros. So your carbohydrates, your protein, and your fat. This is something that I work on with all of my clients. We want to get their macros balanced. That means enough carbohydrates, healthy carbohydrates in their day, enough protein in their day, and enough healthy fat. Now you might be like sitting here going, well, how the heck would I know if I'm getting enough of those things? Well, one thing that I always say is look at your plate. Do you have a healthy carb, a protein, and a healthy fat? Because if you can say yes to one serving of all of those, you're probably doing a pretty good job of balance. But then to really break it down, if you really don't know what you're getting, you might want to log your food in some of these free apps out there where you can do food logging, maybe for a few days of exactly what you're eating. So you can look, it'll break it right down for you in most of these apps and tell you your exact percentage. And that way you can see if things are in fact in balance. Now, the reason this balance is important is because the body, first of all, needs all of those macronutrients. It needs healthy carbs. So don't be on the no-carb diet because it's not benefiting you at all. You're going to feel lethargic and you're depleting your body of the essential energy that it needs that we get from healthy carbs. Now, I'm not telling you to eat the unhealthy ones. If you want to go on some fad diet and block some, you know, something out of your diet, The unhealthy processed carbs, go ahead, you can take those out. But you still need healthy carbs like sweet potatoes, oatmeal, a whole wheat pasta is not gonna hurt you, okay? And we need those carbohydrates. 
Now, when we eat in balance like that and we're getting in enough carb protein fats, we tend to be more full. And if we're more full, we are less likely to boredom eat. So that balance in macronutrients can definitely play a pretty big role because your calories might be on track, but all calories are not created equal. And that's where you find it when you start looking at your macro balance. And then the last part of healthy balanced diet would be, are you eating enough fiber? Because getting in enough fiber is also going to fill you up from the right sources. So of course, this includes your fruit, your vegetables, your whole grains. Another thing I work on with my clients, we look daily, did you get in enough fiber? Because the quality of your nutrition is very important. It can't just be about calories because like I just said, all calories are not equal, right? I'm not gonna help someone lose weight in an unhealthy way. I wanna teach them how to do it in a healthy, balanced, sustainable way. And getting in enough fiber, that is going to make you feel full and satisfied. So that when you sit down to watch television, you're probably gonna be full. And if you truly are full, you're less inclined to do boredom eating. All right, so that's everything that goes with healthy, balanced diet. That's tip number one. And then how to stop boredom eating, tip number two, it's really important to eat every two to three hours. I like to get my clients on this every two to three hour uh, eating system because when you do that, you're keeping your metabolism fired up from the moment you wake up in the morning. So it is essential that you eat breakfast within the first 20, 30 minutes that you get up. We have to eat breakfast. We have to get our metabolism fired up and rolling right when we get up because trust me, that is going to give you so much more energy. If you knew how many of my clients have lost weight just because they started eating breakfast, because they thought, oh, I don't need breakfast, and isn't that what intermittent fasting is? I just wait till noon, and then I just eat then. Once I got them eating breakfast, their metabolisms generally take off, and that's when we start to see the weight loss. So yes, eating every two or three hours, in order to do that, you have breakfast, couple hours later you have a small snack, couple hours later you have lunch, couple hours later you have a snack, couple hours later you have dinner. Keeping that going through the day means you are less likely to get hungry, means you are less likely to boredom eat. Tip number three, it kind of rolls right in to never let yourself get starving. I say this all the time, once you get starving, all bets are off, okay? And when I mean starving, it's like the blood sugar has absolutely dropped to such a point that, man, if you're at the market and you're paying, you're gonna be eating the candy bar at the counter that they have right there always for a reason when you're paying because your blood sugar has dropped so much, you're starving, your body's like, I need food, I need anything, I need sugar, and I need it now. And at that point, even if you were the most fit person, even if you were so into nutrition, and I'm speaking clearly about myself, no matter what, once the blood sugar drops that much, you will eat the Snickers bar. I do it all the time if my blood sugar drops that low. I don't let that happen very often, but when it does happen, I literally, I get so shaky 
um, that I need instant sugar in, and I can't at that point make a good healthy decision, nor can you. So never let yourself get starving. And if you're eating every two to three hours, you pretty much won't get starving, all right? And so that's gonna help you avoid boredom eating later. Number four, make sure you're eating snacks and that they're nutritious snacks. So as I said, I am definitely a fan of the meal, snack, meal, snack, meal, so that you're getting that metabolism fired up all day long. You're not going five, six hours without eating because again, that's when you get starving or that's when you wanna boredom eat. That's not what we're going for. So you wanna make sure that you're having snacks, but you wanna make sure these snacks are nutritious. And so I'm, a, I'm one who likes to have a carbohydrate, a healthy carbohydrate, usually that's my fruit for the day, with some kind of fat protein. So an example, um, I love having an apple with peanut butter. Peanut butter is mostly a fat, but it has some protein, and the apple is a healthy carbohydrate. So that's an awesome one. Um, you could also have a serving of Greek yogurt with strawberries. That's gonna be a super high protein. If you have some fat in the yogurt, that's fine. Could be a low fat, could be a whole fat. Just depends on how much fat you take in in a day. Um, so that's gonna be your protein fat. Your strawberries are gonna be your carbohydrate. That's a great way to always go for your two snacks is you want two servings of fruits a day. So maybe you incorporate your fruit as your snack, but also make sure that it has a fat protein because that's gonna satiate you. And when you just have a carbohydrate for your snack, it's actually not super filling. And the point of this is we wanna make sure that you're not hungry because that's the number one thing that's gonna lead to boredom eating. So making sure your snacks are nutritious is a definite way to go. And then the last one is you always want to enjoy those snacks and even your meals, but enjoying your snacks on a plate or in a bowl, but never from the bag or from a box. Most boredom eating happens from a bag or from a box, am I right? You bring the bag of chips out, you start eating while you're watching television, you're so not present, you don't even realize you're eating, you don't even realize that you just hit the bottom of the bag and that you ate the entire bag of chips, right? Or maybe it's a box of cookies and you're like, oh, I'm gonna bring over this box of JoJo cookies from Trader Joe's that sometimes are my favorite. <laughs> if you bring that box over to the couch and then you have one, then you have two, and then you're watching TV and you're kind of bored and you didn't even realize you had two already and you have another, before you know it, half the sleeve is gone. That's boredom eating, right? It's more likely to happen if you eat out of a bag or out of a box. So I always recommend get a little small serving bowl out, find out what is a serving of whatever your snack is, put that into the bowl, even fruit. Like we just did a podcast episode about how much sugar is in fruit a few weeks ago. Even fruit, like grapes, measure one serving, put it in the bowl, and then put the rest of the grapes away because you don't want to overeat on those tempting foods that are just so easy to keep popping in your mouth when you're not thinking. So that's the first five things about nutrition, about how to keep that boredom eating at bay. But what about the mental side? Let's face it, usually our emotions play a role in eating, right? 
And certainly boredom eating can be somewhat emotionally uh, stimulated as well. So one thing you can really start doing is you need to start really getting mindful about this boredom eating. So right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I'm a total boredom eater, like I do this daily or I do this every night, I really wanna work on this. What you wanna do is you want to be more mindful. And just listening to this episode is going to help you do that because there's gonna be the little certain triggers that are gonna happen that you're gonna start to remember when you go to boredom eat. So what does being mindful even mean? That's sort of our number one on the emotional, mindful, mental side tip here for boredom eating. What does being mindful even mean when it comes to eating? Well, if you had your three meals and you had your two snacks between those meals and now you wanna sit in front of the TV and eat more food and it's usually fun food, right? I need you to ask yourself, one, are you truly hungry? Two, are you bored? Three, are you just used to the ritual of eating in front of the TV? I literally want you to stop and ask yourself those three things. So put the Netflix on pause before you open the bag or bring it to the couch. Ask yourself, are you truly hungry? Are you bored? Are you just used to the ritual of eating in front of the TV? Because those three answers are going to tell you if you're just boredom eating. And maybe you can just put the bag away at that point just because you're recognizing and being mindful about what's happening. Now, some studies have found mindfulness is particularly helpful at helping people reduce eating in response to emotions like boredom. So just being mindful by using those three questions might fix a lot of the issue. Then the next thing, number two, would be understanding hunger versus boredom. And so that's really diving in a little deeper. And this means you have to start really paying attention to the different symptoms that you get when you are truly hungry. For example, when I'm hungry, I know because my stomach sort of feels raw or growling a little bit. Um, I, for me, I get that immediate blood sugar drop. I start to feel a little bit shaky. And once I've gotten shaky, if I've actually let it got that bad, I've waited way too long to replenish calories, basically. Um, these, that's hunger signs, right? That's hunger for you when you feel that way. Like here's an example. Once I was in a master's swim class and about halfway through the class, and these classes are an hour and 15 minutes. God help me. Why are master's swim classes so long? I don't understand. <laughs> it's not like they're not easy and you know, you can do it forever, but it's an hour and 15 minute class. They used to be very, very tough. And about halfway through this one class one day, all I could think about was P. Terry burger, cheeseburger and fries, cheeseburger and fries. I'm literally swimming thinking, oh my God, how fast can I get to P. Terry's after this? All I want is a cheeseburger and fries. Okay, if this happens to you, just so you know, I was so starving 
at that point. Like I almost had to get out of class early because literally I was getting shaky. I did not eat enough obviously before that workout and that is true hunger. And my body was giving me these visions of burgers and fries because it needed fat and it needed calories as I was expending so many calories in the water, right? That, my friends, that is true hunger. (laughs) But if you are just bored eating, you generally crave a particular food. You generally crave an unhealthy treat. You generally crave one thing and it's not a salad, right? So just being able to notice, am I truly hungry right now? Like I didn't eat enough at dinner and now I want to eat again in front of the TV. Or am I just bored? Making that decision is an incredible eye opener for you. All right, really and truly helps you be mindful. Now, I did a podcast episode called A Craving or True Hunger. If you'd like to take that even deeper, go to episode number 207 because I do talk a lot about the different the difference between a craving and true hunger. And so if you're still like, I don't know if I would know if it was hunger or a craving or boredom, definitely check out episode number 207 as well. Now, what about this? If you eat when you're bored once in a while, it's fine. I don't think that's going to impact your world. Give yourself a break. You don't have to always be so hard on yourself, right? Um, But if you are boredom eating daily and you see it happen pretty much every night, maybe at night after dinner, maybe in the middle of the night. I have some clients that tell me they wake up in the middle of the night and they start eating because they're kind of bored. They woke up, they didn't know what to do. So they went to the kitchen. This is when you need to likely get a handle on this for the sake of your health, not to mention if you're trying to lose weight. It's very hard to lose weight if you're doing late night eating. It's really hard on your digestion, your metabolism, and I don't see much success in weight loss if you're eating in the middle of the night or doing a lot of that late night boredom eating. Because again, the boredom eating is not the eating of the salads, it's usually the unhealthy food. So once in a while, don't worry about it kind of happening every night or every other night, okay, now it's becoming a pretty bad habit and we gotta kick a habit. So this is when this podcast is so important for you to start taking all of these tips into hand and really seeing if you can put them into play this week when boredom eating might strike for you. I really want you to know that you do have more willpower than you think. All right, I have some people who come to me and they say, I just, I have no willpower. I tell you right now, I have no willpower. Okay, I don't believe that some people are born with more willpower than others. But I do believe that practicing willpower, having some willpower, putting the chips away and not eating them, that's like an exercise. And it's exercising your willpower. And willpower is just like working a bicep muscle, in my opinion. The more you practice having it, the more control you realize you actually have. 
So instead of throwing in the towel and saying, I just, I don't have willpower. I'm not like other people. If you're that person, you're giving up right off the bat. You're giving yourself the opportunity to just say, I can't do it. Guess what? You can do it. I've seen people like you do it. And I know you can if it's important to you. So just know, practice willpower. It will also help you through stopping boredom eating. So the next time you go to get the bag of chips that you know you just absolutely love in front of the television or the bag of kettle corn that you love in front of the movie theater, go back and physically put it away and say, I am practicing my willpower right now. This is like doing 12 reps of a bicep curl. I'm putting it away and I'm gonna sit back down and I'm gonna get really into my TV show because that's what I'm into right now, not side eating, all right? So just remember, you do have willpower. You do need to strengthen it as much as you can. And when you do put the bag away and not eat it, there is nothing, I feel, there is nothing better than what that does for your confidence and what it does for you to realize, oh my God, I am in control. I do control me. This is awesome because if I can control this, what else can I control in my life? So many things, right? So we went from how to stop boredom eating to the reality that you can control anything in your life if it's important to you. I know you can. And if you need support doing it, shoot me an email, kimandearnthatbody.com. That's what I do. I support, I coach, I get people to their goals. But most importantly, in today's episode, what I want you all to realize is that boredom eating, it's real, it happens. And the quicker we can kick this habit with control, the easier things will be for you and the better your health will be. All right, everyone. Now, let me tell you, September is around the corner. You're going to blink and it's going to be September. It's going to be fall. You maybe put on summer weight. You maybe never took off the COVID weight. My September usually is more booked solid than my January. January is the New Year's resolution team. But for a lot of moms, September is like New Year's, right? The kids go back to school, the vacations are over, the families go home, and you are ready to get your nutrition and your workouts back on track. So let's get you signed up for a September session before they are sold out. We have the Earn That Body five-week program that includes all of your workouts and private nutrition. I have tons of workout programs, and we do have ETB Live that will be coming back in the fall if you want to train with me live online for strength training. And then I have private nutrition-only programs. That's mostly for my athletes that already have set workout programs. But I want to help you gain confidence and strength and to show you how to take control of your nutrition to help you reach your weight loss goals so that you can live your best life. All right, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed the podcast. Definitely give it a share. Give the Earn That Body podcast a rating and review on the iTunes podcast if you would please. And just remember that the Earn That Body podcast is here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. 